your skeletons and shivers down your spine. Shrieking skulls will shock your soul and seal your doom tonight. Spooky, scary skeletons speak with such a screech. You'll shake and shudder in surprise when you hear these zombies shriek. I did not watch Bright yet. I want to watch Bright, but then again I know that the guy who made Suicide Squad made Bright, so then I want to kill myself. Then again he was in Suicide Squad. So I mean, sure. What are good horror, like, horror movies have I watched recently? Have you seen anything? Horror movies? Horror movies? Uh, you don't watch many horror movies, do you? No, I saw a trailer for the new Insidious. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Yeah, it looks like shit. Um, yeah, looks like trying to milk yo, it. Yo, that new John Krasinski horror movie looks awesome. Which one? Emily Blunt, John Krasinski. Sounds very familiar. It's quiet, not a, not a yeah, not and they're, a single and they're being word stupid. Yeah, 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 and they're in like a house, and they're all like they're walking on sand to cover foot, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. foot sounds. And the kid like knocks over a lamp, and they're all like. And something's like crawling around on the roof. Yeah. Super cool. That looks really cool. The, the the entire theater had tight buttholes for like, like that whole minute three minutes. Yeah, yeah. That's fucking a, awesome. That's a movie that actually like interested me. Absolutely. Because it didn't give anything away. It was just like everyone be quiet, and then you heard footsteps and screaming, and that was like it. And that kind of atmosphere for two mo- two hours in a movie. Oh yeah, that's tense. Count me in. Oh my god, yeah. We haven't had that kind of tension since like Shyamalan days. You that's know? like. You can cut tension with a knife. That's like Sixth Sense to me. Yeah. Like, there is no talking in that fucking movie. It's all about ambiance and, like, knowing when something is supposed to feel off. Yeah. No, that looks really cool. Oh, that's a movie I want to see. Uh, yeah. I'm going to see Jumanji this week. That might be a pretty <laughs> horror. That might be pretty horrifying. Yeah. I was told that Jack Black's character in that movie is, like, Franz McBoohoo down to a T. Really? Yeah. Because, you know, the plot... Is a, a hot cheerleader gets sucked oh, into yeah, that yeah. body. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Which is funny to think about for frowns. Oh, frowns. The, um... So it was Christmas yesterday. This is episode 72, but... It was Christmas yesterday, and the Christmas episode this year was 58. So we have quite a uh, backlog that happened in between, um... Going back and doing the Christmas special on Christmas. But, um... I think I'm confused. <laughs> we're time-traveling with this. This oh, episode yeah. isn't going to air f- for a long time. <laughs> Four months. But, uh, but we recorded it in December, the day after Christmas. Yeah, that was, that was the last episode I recorded. And, um, it was pretty fucking nuts. My, th- those Christmas stories were pretty fucking relevant. Yeah. Um... One of them was very Tim Burton-esque, very, like, Lovecraftian. Um, yeah, it was it, it was a Christmas special that didn't suck, to say the least. Spongebob um, Christmas special is fantastic. Sure. Oh, man, so much has happened, and I, and I feel like I just... I'm blanking on all of it. I went to Disney. Disney was cool. I wore, like, horror shirts, like, every day and got so many judgmental glances oh, from parents and older women. Um, They're gonna die soon. No one in Magic Kingdom found my Children Let Summon Demons shirt funny. That shirt's great. Except for the workers. That shirt's great. They loved it. They thought that shirt was great. It's a great shirt. I wore my trick-or-treat shirt. like such a good one. On Christmas Eve. (laughs) such a good shirt. Uh, Yeah, it's a fucking... Fright Rags. Like, shout out. I'm pretty sure I shouted out last time. Um, But Fright Rags. Fucking awesome material. Sponsor. 
I wish I could. They wouldn't pay me for this shit. But yeah, it's been a while since we recorded. Uh, I got a cool new little toy. I know Sir Booberry here with me loves when I talk about drugs. Um, I got a new little toy. I don't even know what brand it is. The box was kind of label-less. Um, but it's a little... It's a vape pen. So I would be able to, like, change this out with my vape juices that I have left over from when I tried vaping. Unicorn milk? But I got, um... Leprechaun cum? <laughs> that would be good, wouldn't it? No. So I, I have extract. I've been, uh... It's essentially what you would use for a dab, but looser. Not a wax, but an extract. Yeah. You ever do a dab? No, you don't do drugs. The only dabs I hit are the ones, <laughs> the that ones in the crux hit. of your elbow. Fucking dab. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't um, do drugs. I did wax. I did a dab for the first time uh, back in October, and it was f- fucking elevating. It's an oil that they throw down on this, like little glass spick and there's like rings and then someone takes a fucking blowtorch and super melts that shit and you take this little glass stick and you stir it around and you breathe while you're stirring so that it vaporizes and shoots through this pipe and it's like a super concentrated weed wax and you just shoot that shit to your dome piece all at once and I was just fucking and then and then, and then I was handed Super Mario Odyssey to, <sighs> to play on like a seventy-inch screen, and I just fucking lost myself, man. I really did. I got all the way to the dinosaur area, and I was running around as a T-Rex before someone told me like, "Hey, you should probably stop playing this game now. We we should leave. We should go home." <laughs> but anyway, I got this little extract, which is like an oil. It's like a CBD oil. You kids in your drugs. Yeah, man. Um, I'm just, you know, I'm getting back to what made lots of pasta good for me, which was like, let's just relax and like smoke and laugh at bullshit. Because um, today's episode is probably going to be a little like, it's probably going to conquer some like deep or disgusting topics. Just based off of what little I've read, it could go anywhere from pedophile to. Oh necrophile to so you'll you'll take the uh, the the drug approach and I'll take the uh, the sober approach and we'll see who's we'll see how our our views of the story differ yeah I, I mean sure um, that's a good dynamic that we've always played on your episodes but just based off of the title of today's shit like what what do you want to say it's called dad's tapes I don't Mm. This this is dad's tapes. Dad's tapes to the child star. To me, that's just pedophilia. And then, and then part one is the child star. They each have a different title, oh, and, it is, and it is ten parts, and it's a series called okay. Dad's Tapes. Essentially, a child finds a collection of father's tapes, and we we read an unsettling story. Um, I want to say it was me and Rocky Hockey back when he was Rocky Hockey. He is now Harold Heavy Hands. Um, it's a good name. <laughs> it is a good name. It's a good name. Oh, I took a picture of... I wanted to show you this. I'm getting off topic just a little bit. I'm going back to the Disney thing. Okay. Um, I took a picture of horror names that were 
cemetery stones outside of Haunted Mansion, and I was like, I wanted to run this by the next person who's on the show, um, because the names sound fucking great. I'm just gonna find them You're gonna them mention them quick. on air, and Disney's gonna, like, knock down your door and be like, hey... I don't think Disney owns the names. I don't fucking know. You'd be surprised. They own everything else. I would else. be surprised. You're right. They just bought, uh, was it Fox? They did just buy Fox. So, $56 billion, I think. Talk about, they're talking about, uh, not like not like them, but there have been articles about should Kingdom Hearts 3 add like a Simpsons level? It's like, no. No, please. Wouldn't that be funny, though? No, it wouldn't. It I think it would be fun. I just want the game to come out at this point. I don't even Yeah, care. I just want the game I to come out. I don't care if there was like a, there's just no worlds. It was That's just goofy running around with okay. the shield. So these are the nine names that I saw on a more are these in, are you trying to like name someone one of these? Or? I'm saying that wouldn't these be good names okay. for the okay. show? Okay. If I were Let's to introduce it. these new characters. Let's hear. Hal Lucination. Okay. Okay. Bia which <laughs> Hap A Rishin <laughs> Manny Festation I like that one That is a good that one good. That That's a good, a good one, one. <laughs> Meta Physics I, I, But it's spelled physics so it's like it's not but you get it. Oh, this one's a good one. Claire. Voyance. Voyance. Okay. Yeah. We. G board. <laughs> uh, it's we. This is a good one. I liked. I liked how stupid this one. I. Emma. <laughs> spook. <laughs> I would love I am a spook. <laughs> but like, look at the name. <laughs> Poltergeist. This is the last one is Poltergeist. <laughs> That's a good one too. I that, like that one. Such so manifestation one. and Poltergeist. Those two are the best. <laughs> Even be a witch. Be a witch. Just be a witch. Uh, I thought those names were pretty funny, those and I good. I wouldn't have been surprised if uh, <laughs> if any of those people hopped on <laughs> to the show at any point. Anyway, let's get back to the story. Uh, <laughs> I'm just glad I remembered that before I, we got into the story so far. So dad's tapes. Yeah, back to dad's tapes. I don't know which ways this is going to go, but I want you to read the narrator and what part one is going to start as the character Danny, which is the character who finds the tapes. Mm. So, um, at least I think. Or it's the... Oh, his father. His father doing interviews. So you're going to be Miss Davis then? Yes. Okay. Sure. I mean, I guess I am now. <laughs> I didn't realize it was a woman. No, is this? Part one is called Dad's Tapes, and this one is called The Child Star. This one's and called all of... Scotch. Yeah. Scotch tape. Dad's tapes. <laughs> Shit. Oh, before we get into the story, uh, get yourself some of that wax I talked about and shoot it to your don't piece. Or just some water. <laughs> or just so you know, a nice glass of Kool-Aid. So this one's called Dad's Tapes, sponsored by 3M. And uh, this this entire series is on Reddit No Sleep. So uh, while I may not give credit to any of the authors, I do give you the proper source in which you can research and find the authors. Yeah, if you yourself. don't go on Reddit No Sleep, you're missing out. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone who would be listening to this wouldn't have at least given it a gander at some point. Um, so you can you can start this. <coughs> Want some water? No, I'm good. I have mine. Cool. My dad was a detective in the Los Angeles area for over 40 years. He worked right up until the day he died, which was last month. He specialized in interrogating perpetrators, especially the psycho or difficult ones. I was going through his things and found a box of tapes. They were all labeled with case numbers and dates. I think they must be the official recordings of the interviews he conducted. I've been listening to some of them, and they are more disturbing than you can even imagine. I'm going to share one of the transcripts with you. Please only read if you are able to handle some really fucking creepy shit. Or listen. Alright. I'm going to call my dad Danny, since that's what he went by. I'll try to also write notes about the different sounds that happen. My notes will be in parentheses. I miss you, Dad. Oh, hi, Danny. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> oh, hi, Danny. Good morning, Miss Davis. <laughs> Is that your voice for Danny? <laughs> Alright. No. Is it morning? <laughs> oh, yes, ma'am. It's exactly 7.45 a.m. <laughs> I don't know if he's German now. <laughs> oh, yes. Of course. Would you like to tell me about what happened? I can try. I'm not doing this. Are you recording? Yes, ma'am. We have to record these interviews. Oh, my. Well, I don't mind being recorded. I'm used to it, you know. My sister and I, we were child stars. Like, real ones. We got recognized on the street all the time. We had tons of fans and got letters and presents. I still have a big white bear one of my fans sent me. I started acting in films when I was six. My sister was only four. I guess you could say our parents were show parents. Looking back, I think they were trying to live through us. They never got to be stars, so we were like their little substitutes. I remember you sleeping with a girl who was like this. Excuse me? <laughs> I don't have too many memories of that time in my life. I was very young after all. But I do remember spending hours in hair and makeup. I was pretty well behaved as a child, I think. I tolerated the fake eyelashes and outfits. My little sister Missy was, well, less behaved. She was always crying and squirming around, but once the camera turned on, we were both perfect. I don't act anymore. As you probably know, most child stars don't have film careers as adults. Tell that to Neil Patrick Harris, who I just saw while I was in Florida. Bazinga. Fucking awesome. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Once we stopped being cute, the industry didn't want us anymore. For me, it was the age of 18. No one was interested in my talent after that. Except for the casting couch. <laughs> I can't lie. I was pretty sad. I loved being pampered and treated like a supermodel. Missy, on the other hand, hated the limelight. She preferred the lemon light. <laughs> well, when life gives you lemons. <laughs> she was so happy when we stopped acting. Anyway, I live with Missy in our childhood home. Our parents died when we were 22. They left us quite a bit of money, so I don't work. Missy is in school for social work. She's always been such a sweet soul. She's going to help so many people with her degree. Oh. I'm getting off topic. I know I have a little girl of my own. She's four and a half. Her name is Lissy. She is so stunningly beautiful, I really want to get her involved in acting, but Missy doesn't think it's a good idea. 
She reminds me how difficult our childhoods were, but I think it was good for us. It taught us how to be outgoing and patient. Lissy is a bit of a handful. She cries a lot and whines. Missy says it's normal, but I think she needs a little structure in her life. And the life of a child star is definitely structured. You wake up, get ready for the shoot, spend all day on camera, and then finally go back to sleep. Missy and I barely had time for ourselves and hardly ever went to school. Missy wanted to go, but our parents were very strict about our filming schedules. Wow, I am such a space case. I totally forgot your question. Like Cetus Lapidus. Don't worry, ma'am. I asked what happened last night. Oh yeah, sorry. I- I've always been so forgetful. Anyway, last night, Lissy and I were watching some of Missy and my old movies. I told Lissy all about her aunt and how we were child stars, and she seemed really interested in seeing the videos. I mean, what little girl doesn't want to be famous? I decided to show her our most popular film, which was the first one we ever made. I think it was so popular because we were brand new on the scene and people were amazed by our talents. Are you saying you showed your daughter your <clears throat> movies? At this point, Dad's voice breaks just a tiny bit. Of course! Doesn't every star show their children their movies? Anyway, Lissy and I were watching and she giggled the whole time. The film was pretty simple, so she could understand what was happening. It was an easy shoot. It was just us girls in the bathtub. We played with the bubbles and laughed a lot. Then we got out of the tub and her dad dried us off. It's called Sissy and Missy have bath time. Once the video ended, Lissy wanted more, so I played her a few more. She liked the ones with us alone the best, although I showed her some of the films we made with our co-stars. She didn't like those as much. It was probably because Missy had a few crying scenes in those. We watched Sissy and Missy get in trouble, and Sissy and Missy play dress-up, and a few others. So then Missy walks in on us watching the movie with Mr. Friendly. Mr. Friendly? Oh yeah, Mr. Friendly was one of Dad's friends. He was very nice to us. After the shoot, we got lots of candy and stayed up all night. I guess Missy didn't like him very much because she ran into the room while we were watching and started screaming. She said, what the fuck are you doing? The woman was using a mocking tone for her sister's voice. What the fuck are you dear? I told her the truth. I swear I did. I said, Lissy wanted to see our movies. Missy looked furious. She kept yelling, I thought you said you destroyed these tapes. We thought those films were destroyed as well, after the trial. They got rid of the tapes they found. But Mom and Dad had a whole stack of duplicates under the floorboards. I kept them because I hated to think of my childhood acting career as being destroyed. Okay, ma'am. So what happened next? Well, Missy kept screaming at me. She yelled and threw things. She threatened to take away Lissy. She said I wasn't a good mom. She said I was just like our mother, which is ridiculous. I couldn't believe she said those things. I am a great mom. I just want my daughter to feel like a star, too. So I turned her upside down. My dad pauses for a long time. What does it mean to turn someone upside down? Oh, silly me. I forget that not everyone knows that term. It's an acting term. When an actress isn't performing right, our parents would turn her upside down. She had lots of sisters who became upside down. They still live with us. It's just now they live in the garden. How do you turn someone upside down? I don't know how my dad remained calm. You stab them. <laughs> she starts laughing. Are you saying you killed your sister? My dad's voice is hard to hear over her laughter. 
She was going to take away my baby girl. I made her upside down. She can sleep in the garden with the rest of them. She never understood how important it was to be a star. She deserved it. I'm a good mom. Dad stays silent for a solid minute. Is there anything else you'd like to tell me? You know, you look a lot like Mr. Friendly. You're handsome. I bet you'd make a good actor. Have you thought about acting? No, ma'am. Well, you should think about it. My daughter's getting into acting, you know. You two can make a great movie. That's where it ends. You can see what I'm saying about it being disturbing. Thank God my dad was a good man. Mm. So, full disclosure, I think I've actually read this one before on No Sleep. <laughs> Some of the parts of it seem familiar. I hate the story. I hate the story so much. You don't so like much. this? No. Why? This is like one of the few subject matters that I just like, oh, it like skeeves me out. I hate it. Oh, I mean, I, obviously I, I don't hate the story in the sense that like, it's well written. I hate the story in the sense of the subject matter. Oh, it's a little too seedy for you? It's a little too... It's just like... It, it hits, it hits on... It's just gross. Something that's just not gross. Right. Yeah, no. Um, you know, there, there are a lot of... A lot of talks we have here on the show about the relevancy and, you know, sometimes the severity of the shit we talk about. And, like, this is one of the ones that I know is a little bit more real. And actually, you know, um, where am I? He he was last episode. He was 71. And we his entire story was about um, penitentiary. It was basically like reading a, a play of um, Shawshank Redemption. Um, but Good spoop, movie. But spoopy. So even even that brought up some moral some moral questions. This one, uh, this one's just a little. It's a little hot. I just think this touch. one, out of all of the ones we've read, is more real. Sure. Like I think, sure. the, outside of like the one you know, where you, we read the chick at Walmart abducting children. Yeah, this you, one's probably the most real. When you get past the monsters and the bullshit and how some some things are just written. Uh, and you look at the more real, the more serial, the more um, just slice of life, the more the more real the story is, you know, plausible for that matter. And then, you know, if it's possible, then, you know, it probably happened somewhere at Absolutely. some point in time. I think that's why this it makes this one harder to like, I mean, I know we joke throughout most stories, but I think this one's harder to joke in just because it's like so fucking real. Absolutely. We're going to continue with part two. This one's Dad's Tapes, Don't Put Your Dick in Crazy. Which this I, one's probably like. more relatable. This one's probably a little bit better, but, uh, you know, take a hit, sit back, relax. Part two, Don't Put Your Dick in Save Crazy. your water. Everyone seems really interested in Dad's Tapes. I guess that's good. His work gets to sort of live on. But it's also a little creepy that you guys are so interested in these psychos. I mean, you seem almost as interested as Dad was. He talked about the perps all the time. I think it followed him home from work a lot. Anyway, here's another tape. Uh, if you want to read the first one, it's here. Oh, just, uh, I guess I just ignore that. Anyway, here's another tape. Also, just a reminder that my dad's name is Danny, so that's what I call him below. Dirk? Yeah. Are you feeling alright? Yeah, man. Just tired. I can't sleep in this place. Yeah, I understand that. Uh, do you feel able to talk to me? Sure. But you won't believe me. Try me takes a deep breath it's just I haven't been able to talk to anyone except Meg about this especially not my family obviously how about we start there what is your uh what's your family life like I don't know 
My life has always been kind of below average. My parents were both college grads, but I didn't make it past freshman year. What else? I guess I was kind of a jerk in high school. I dated around a lot and messed with some of the younger kids. I got myself together a bit once my parents kicked me out of the house. I'm not mad at them for it. I needed that push. I started working as a bartender, and that's where I've been for forever, it seems. Same town, same bar, same life. <laughs> I guess it has its benefits, though. Oh, yeah? Like what? The nice thing about Mickey's... Uh-huh. Hey, Mickey, you're so funny, you're so funny, you're the moment. Hey, Mickey. Sorry, oh. that's the bar I work at. The good thing is that it's between two major roads, so we get a lot of travelers and a lot of out-of-towners staying overnight. That means a lot of new faces and always new women to meet. I wouldn't call myself handsome. Hell, you can see that, but I can definitely charm a girl into bed. <laughs> well, uh, not all the girls. Not Meg. Who's Meg? <laughs> Meg is this leggy brunette who just moved out of her parents' place. She was just barely 18 when she dropped into the bar. She's small town pretty. You know the kind. Boring face, not really any ass, but her rack was nice and she knew how to wear a dress. I'm sorry, man. I'm kind of vulgar. Uh, it's okay, but you said she's 18 in a bar, so I'm gonna throw you in jail for serving alcohol to a fucking minor. That was the end of Dad's tapes. <laughs> I've heard worse. Please, go on. Well, I chatted Meg up every night she came in, but she never went home with me. We'd be talking until closing time, me urging her back to my place, but she always flirtatiously declined, and that was that. I may not be the best guy, but I'm definitely not some rapist. Anyway, a week after Meg started coming in, I met this chick. Fuck, what was her name? Is Dirk like Matthew McConaughey? You don't look like this Matthew McConaughey thing. I'm, you know, honestly, the more that we're reading these tapes, the more I find that this is like Mindhunter. This is like a guy having... Have you watched Mindhunter yet? No. Fucking fantastic. Yeah. Um, people play famous serial killers throughout the uh, 70s and 80s, and there's this guy who plays Ed Kemper so fucking well. And uh, Ed killed, I think, 17 co-eds mm. over the course of some 20 years. Or maybe it was 30 co-eds over the course of some 12 years. It's all about the creation of serial killers. Terminology-wise, because the show is about FBI. Yeah, no, I've... I've... I've seen it on Netflix, I just haven't watched and, it yet. And uh, they come up, they coin the term serial killer. Really? So what I'm getting out of this story is that I'm able to jump between these stories and basically approach them as crazy serial killers. Mm. So the voice I feel like I'm doing is almost like a drifter. Okay. You know, like yeah. a plays it loose, very, um, very Bundy. Okay. Okay. If, if you, you know, you've listened to last podcast. Yeah. You know, you know about serial killers. You'd like Mindhunter, but but you think I got a McConaughey it's thing? It's got, got a McConaughey vibe. All anyway, right, all right, all right. Anyway, a week boob after Meg's <laughs> boob parts. <laughs> all right, all right. A week right. after Meg started coming in, I met this chick. Fuck, what was her name? 
<laughs> Should I read it as Matthew McConaughey God, for the rest? Of I it? mean, you might as well. <laughs> Anne, Anne Sorelli. Yeah. All right, all right. All right. That sounds right. <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. And she was a typical traveler on her way to business trip. She stopped into the bar for a drink, and I certainly admired the way she filled out her little pantsuit. We flirted all night, and then I took her home. <laughs> I don't all like right, Matthew McConaughey. Right, right. It makes me feel. I just gr- imagine flirting at the bar. It makes me feel gross. Wow, I promise you. Switch to Owen Wilson. I promise. <laughs> no, we're not doing this. <laughs> okay. He's a good guy. Let Owen live. I promise you, everything was totally normal for the most part. We talked more at my apartment. We made out a little. And then it was time for the real event. This is going to get kind of graphic, but hey, I warned you. So yeah, I was just inside her when all of a sudden she starts screaming, Don't put your dick in crazy. You didn't didn't want to scream it? His voice raises and he is actually screaming. Don't put your dick in crazy! I immediately pull out. I was totally caught off guard. I said, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? Fuck? She was just lying on the bed, confused. She asked what was wrong. I told her what she said and she laughed and said I must have been hearing things. I guess I shrugged it off because we started making out again. I got hard and was back inside of her. She started screaming again. Don't put your dick in crazy. Don't put your dick in crazy. I pull out again and she is looking at me still confused. I think fuck it. Maybe she has a weird kink or something. So I decide to just go with it. We start fucking again and she keeps screaming, don't put your dick in crazy. I try to ignore it, you know, but then it gets really weird. Her face starts to like contort, I guess, like she tasted something sour, but it was affecting her entire face. Then her neck starts to turn and I swear to God, she turned her head almost all the way around. This is going to sound strange, but I couldn't stop. It was the best damn orgasm I ever had. She was looking weirder and weirder, screaming the whole time, Don't put your dick in crazy! But I was coming fucking hard. I finished finally and may have passed out because I woke up and she was gone. You didn't see her leave? Nope. I asked Meg about it and she laughed at me. She said either Anne was a nut job or I was going insane. I kind of joked about inviting her up to my apartment and seeing which one was true, but she said no, like she always did. But that wasn't the end. The same thing happened to the next three girls. Next four? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't going to let some crazy bitch ruin my sex life. Plus, I don't know why, but I felt extra horny all the time. Every woman I saw was incredibly hot to me, even if she wasn't my type. Like, the next girl I took home, her name, uh, was... Miranda? No, that was the one after that. I think the next girl was named Susie. Anyway, she was not a chick you'd think of as hot. She was thin, but had this weird bulging stomach, like she was pregnant almost. Her hair was kind of ratty, and she was just dirty looking. But I was horny, and she was ready to go, so I took her home. She didn't even want to make out. She just 
she was just grateful for any male attention. So we get to fucking right away and just like, and start screaming, don't put your dick in crazy. And I, I pull out, I pull out fucking shocked. She looks at me weird, just like Anne. She said she didn't say anything. She said I must be imagining it. And fuck, I was so horny. I went back inside her. She was turned away from me towards the wall. I tried to push her head into the pillow so I wouldn't hear her yelling, don't put your dick in crazy. But she was loud as fuck and her body, the huge belge on her stomach started moving. It moved to her back and then up to her neck it was pulsing like something was pushing inside of it then her head just snaps back and her spine twists up towards me all the while she's screaming don't put your dick in crazy i guess i passed out again after i finished she was uh she was gone when i woke up does uh does that phrase have any meaning to you I mean, I know my high school friends and I used to use that phrase all the time, jokingly, especially about ex-girlfriends. It's like, so many women are just nut jobs, and if you fuck those chicks, you're stuck with crazy forever. But none of these girls seemed like that. They were just normal bar chicks, but every girl I had sex with did the same thing, the yelling, the weird body shit, and then me waking up and they were gone. Anne, Susie, Miranda, Cal, Carrie, and whatever the last chick's name was, she was a hooker, so I doubt Candy was her real name. Candy was the sex worker? Yeah. She was my last hope, sort of. Meg actually suggested it. I told her the insane stories of these girls and she said I was definitely going crazy, but there's only one way to know for sure. She said that I should hire a prostitute and pay her to say nothing during sex, and if she yells then I know I'm insane. So it was Meg who introduced you to Candy? Yeah, but Candy was the worst one of all. The second I entered her, her skin started dripping off. It felt like paint slopping off her body. It turned a dark red then smeared onto my bed. It got all over my body, but I I couldn't stop. I just watched as she decomposed right in front of me. And of course, the whole time she was screaming, don't put your dick in crazy. Don't put your dick in crazy. Eventually, I was fucking a bare skeleton. I swear to God, she melted right in front of me. I just wanted it to be over. He started to cry softly. When did the police show up? Right before I, you know, finished. It was mortifying. The police stared at me with their guns out while I was coming into a disgusting skeleton. I finished, but this time I didn't pass out. Do you remember what happened after that? Kind of. I remember one of the cops handcuffing me. They wouldn't even let me grab my clothes. I remember being put in this room. But I don't know why I'm being held here. I didn't do anything wrong. It was these crazy women. I swear they are the ones who are screaming, don't put your dick in crazy. I didn't tell them to. If they say I did something to them, they're lying. Ask Meg, please. Ask her. Dirk. Just ask Meg. I did some digging after I listened to the story. Turns out Dirk was a real scumbag. He killed five women in the span of three months. They were all travelers, so no one even knew where to look for them or that they were missing. 
He was only caught because he dug up an ex-girlfriend who had killed herself in high school. He was trying to have sex with her dead body. Well, whatever was left after five years. Her name was Megan Ruley. My dad put up with some sick people. I don't know how he got through it alive. Well, I guess he didn't. I like that I've been right on two remarks so far. First one was definitely uh, some Ped- pedophilia, pedophilia, and the second so one was necrophilia. necrophilia. I, like, yeah. I like this. This, this one was good. a lot easier to get through than the first one, but uh, you know this one they're they're written they're written well. Sure, I yeah. like I like kind of like the um, each one's different approach. Like they're not connected, other than the fact that it's the I same think, character throughout. I think they um, I think they start to change. I think we start to get some repetitive characters. Yeah, I believe so. Okay, I mean that's fine. I just it's easy to keep track because it's just it's the dad talking to people. So this is uh, part three. And this one's called The Fires. The Fires. Hey, no sleep. Sup, fuckers. I'm back with another of my dad's <laughs> mixtapes. This one's fire. You may have heard it on SoundCloud. <laughs> Shit. Hey, no sleep. I'm back with another of my dad's tapes. But I thought first maybe I'd introduce myself a little. My name is Sam. I'm an only child. My dad raised me by himself with only the occasional help of babysitters. He worked a lot, but still found time for me. That's why it hurt so bad when he died. I I miss him. Anyway, you're not here to read about me. You're here to read the latest transcript. This one's confusing, so pay close attention. And as always, my dad's name is Danny. Good morning. There's a grumbling, but no words that I could make out. The grumbling is disturbingly low. Can you tell me your name? Sid. Ain't that on your papers? Ooh, it's a girl. Try that again. <laughs> Does the same. Sid. Sid. <laughs> Sid. Ain't that on your papers? She has the voice of a teenage girl. Sydney? What? You got a hearing problem? Please excuse Sid. She has a mouth on her. Oh. <laughs> wait a sec. Wait, 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 wait. Sydney? What? You got a hearing problem? Please excuse Sid, she has a mouth on her. She has the voice of an older woman, like a grandma. Grandma! <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry, I, I didn't seem to get your name. It's Dame. I'm Sydney's guardian. So you're looking after her? Yes. She needs quite a bit of looking after. Can Sid tell me what happened? Fuck off. Sid. I'm so sorry, she is here today to say she is sorry. I didn't do it. I don't have anything to apologize for. Sid, we've talked about this. More grumbling? Uh, I'm not blaming anyone. I'm just here to listen. That's what they all say. They all say they're here to listen, but no one ever believes me. How about you give me a chance? Fine. But you have to talk to me, not Dame, okay? Okay. Go on. While she is talking, there's a sound of nails scratching wood. I think she must have been dragging her fingernails along a table. So, I have some weird friends. I'll admit that, but that's only because I don't really get along with people. Ever since I was a kid, I was always the outcast. Being a foster kid doesn't make you many friends. So you've met my friends. Romy. Dave, they're odd, I guess. Don't tell them I said that, 
but they genuinely care about me. They treat me like a friend instead of a pest. Romy, she's like the person I wish I could be. She's pretty and smart. She has a family who loves her. Gotta get jealous of her sometimes. And Dave is just your typical spoiled kid. It's always the three of us. And which one of you started the fire last night? It was Sid. I swear it was. It wasn't Dave. I was back home. You can ask my mom. She sounded like a teenage girl similar to Sid. Uh, I was talking to Sid. Uh, Romy, right? But Sid is a liar. She's always lying. I'm not lying. Please, girls, you're embarrassing me. You're not my mother. I need everyone to take a deep breath. Okay, Romy. I already interviewed you. It's Sid's turn now. Yeah, it's my turn. So please, go on. Okay, look. I'm not going to lie to you and tell you I'm a good person. I've done stupid stuff. I've shoplifted. Whatever. But I didn't start the fire. We didn't start the fire. I don't even know how to start a fire, and where would I even get gasoline? Sid, how did you know there was gasoline present? She did it. It was her, not Dave. It wasn't me. Girls, please. I think we need a second. Maybe I could talk with Dave? He doesn't want to talk to you. I know, but I think he's the one who could clear this up. I don't want anyone to get in trouble, but seven people died in the fire. He didn't mean to kill anyone, he just likes to set fires. I thought it was harmless, so I let him do it. I should have stopped him. Let's all calm down. I want to hear from Dave. No. Dave, can you hear me? <sighs> I know you're here, Dave. I can see you. Don't upset him. We don't have to talk about last night. How about trucks? I know you like trucks. I like trucks. M me too. My son used to play with a big truck when he was your age. Do you like monster trucks? Yes. Do you like fire trucks? No. I hate fire trucks. Why? Because they put out fires. I like fires. Why do you like fires? Fires killed my parents. I'm sorry, I just... His parents were sick. They hurt him. They deserved what we did to them. Are you saying you set that fire three years ago? It doesn't matter. You're going to lock us up now. I've seen it on TV. You'll lock us up and we'll be in jail. Dave? You'll lock us up. You'll lock us up. You'll lock us up. Dave, are the others gone? Is it just you now? Lock... Lock us. Us. Is this over yet? I want to take us home. I looked into this, and David Evers was a little boy whose parents were killed in a fire when he was six. And then he set another fire which killed an entire family. They say he had disassociative identity disorder. All of the psychologists were interested in him, especially because all of his personalities were women. I guess after this interview with my dad, he was never Dave again. He just sounds like a crazy kid to me. I don't know anything about mental illness, but this kid is messed up. The sounds he made, those guttural grumblings, I'd be fine never hearing those again. I wonder if it was those grumblings that kept my dad up at night. I didn't make any of those grumblings, but I imagine it sounded like what I sound like on the toilet. <laughs> hey oh, alright, so that was a very like... Was that your noise for this story, or was that your noise for the previous story? What? 
when he was getting it. <laughs> You're funny. Uh, that had a very split feel to it. Yeah, man. Yeah, I like these, though. Yeah, that one was good. They're fun. That one was good. This is, uh, this is part four. This one's called They Don't Eat. So this is Dad. Da- da- Dad's. <laughs> Leave them. This is uh, Dad's tapes, part four. They Don't Eat. Ass is nasty. You poop out of there. That's nasty. Sure. You don't put your face there. Sure, man. It's nasty. <laughs> Hi again. It's Sam. Or Sammy, as my dad called me. Hammy Sammy. <laughs> he never called me by my real name. It was always nicknames with him. Hammy, Timmy, Johnny. Some people have asked whether my dad's tapes are video or just audio. Unfortunately, it's only audio, all cassette tapes. I guess the precinct he worked out, he worked out of, didn't have updated technology, or maybe Dad just liked the grainy sound of cassettes. Either way, it takes forever to play them and then write up the transcripts. It's a lot of pausing and rewinding. Uh, but I, but I've committed to this, so this is how I spend my time. I think Dad would be proud of me. I just wish he could have seen this while he was alive. Uh, maybe he would have told me he was proud, you know, out loud. I mean. A few of you have asked how my dad died. I don't know why that matters. Uh, I, I doubt I have to remind you, but my dad's name was Danny, so... How are you feeling, Brianna? Can you talk to me? Brianna, you need to talk to me so we can get this all straightened out. You know what you have to do. You know I can't do that. What if I drank some water? Doesn't matter. You have to eat. Fine. Is a granola bar good enough? Yes. You have to eat the whole thing. I have to say, I've never been asked to eat in front of someone before. Show me your mouth. I want to see if you chewed it. I'm so glad I haven't seen any real people in weeks. Weeks? Where have you been? Nowhere special. I try to stay out of the crowds. They're everywhere. Walking around, driving cars. I hide for most of the day. Where do you live? Lots of places. I like alleys, because they avoid them. I like dark spaces, but sometimes they find me. Who? Them. Can you tell me more about them? I don't know. Remember, I ate the granola bar. I remember. They don't eat. They can't eat. Them, the copies. Copies of what? Everyone. I think you might see them, too. I do. When did it start for you? My 15th birthday. I was blind to it before then, but I can remember the day so clearly. All my friends came over, but they weren't my friends. They were copies. They looked exactly the same, sounded the same, but I knew. I knew they weren't real. My parents told me I was delusional. I didn't realize it then, but they were copies, too. They took me to a doctor who told me I was crazy, but that's just what they want me to believe. They want me to keep quiet about it. Someone or something is replacing everyone on Earth with identical copies. But they made one fatal error. The copies they can't eat. They just put the food up in their faces, but can't chew. They can't put anything inside their mouths. They just do the motions of eating while not actually digesting. It's... The only way you could tell who's real. I haven't been home in... Well, it's going to be more than ten years. I'm 
not going to live with those things. I'll take my chances on the street. The streets aren't safe, though. Nowhere safe. There are copies everywhere. They try to act normal, but I can see right through them, like last year with that doctor. Dr. Stevens? Ha! <laughs> what a joke. They thought if they locked me up and made me talk with that... that thing, that I would stop fighting them. But it was just another copy. How did you know? It wouldn't eat. I dared it to. Told it that if it was really real, it would be no problem. But it refused. Made some excuse about now playing into my delusion. The copies. They think they're smarter than me. But I know how to deal with them. How? The same way you deal with any intruder. You, you end fuck them. Whoa. <laughs> you end them. The copies, they don't feel pain, they don't feel anything, they can't. Oh, they scream and they carry on like they can, but it's all a lie. But they bleed. They bleed a lot. I feel no pain. I feel no, no pain. No, 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 I feel no, no pain. No, 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 I feel no pain. I feel no pain. Why didn't you end me, Brianna? Because that would be murder. You ate. You proved to me that you're real. I would never hurt a real person. How many copies have you ended? 31. I don't go out searching for them. It's only when they come to me. I don't enjoy watching them bleed, although I have to admit there is a sick pleasure in knowing that you are removing one more of those things from this planet. I don't know where they came from, but I know for sure that they are a plague. Aren't you afraid that they might make a copy of you? <laughs> oh, no. They can't make a copy of me. Why? Because they don't make copies of dead people. I have to admit, the clarity in which she said that last sentence shook me up. The girl was insane. Turns out she had two co-current mental illnesses. Capgris delusion and Kotar delusion. Capgris is really creepy. It makes the person think other people have been replaced or disguised. Usually it's just the, uh, the people close to them, but Brianna believed it was everyone. They eventually ended up pinning nine murders on her, but she says herself that she committed 31. I have a theory about the whole eating thing. I dug into my dad's records, and apparently she was hospitalized in middle school for extreme anorexia. I bet she turned that into some sort of fixture of her delusion. But the cotard part, that's really scary. It makes people actually believe that they are dead. They are just a dead person walking around. I'm sure her emaciated frame didn't help her seem alive either. This girl's creepy. That's not what has been bothering me. I can't get over how my dad responded to her. When he said he saw the copies too, I know intelligently that it's just a tactic to get her talk more. But the way he said it, it was... It was like it was true. I don't know, I just don't like the way it makes me feel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've heard about both of those illnesses before. Interesting. I can't say I have. That was a very, uh, body snatchers. Very body, body snatchers. I like that very much. Yeah. Yeah. I like that we're we're getting some also some thing vibes like uh, yeah, they can't sure. copy metal. It's like yeah. they can't eat. They can't eat. Yeah, it's a mechanism. Yeah. yeah. This is uh this is part five. This is never say yes. Dad's tapes. Never say yes. Forty notes and a yes is still a yes. Is that what Sean Connery says before he fucks? It's someone? a Family Guy joke. <laughs> you know, see Family Guy, Sean Connery. He's James Bond. Anyway. <clears throat> Never say yes. I've written and rewritten this so many times. I, I don't know what to do, but I've decided to post this because I know a lot of you have been listening to these and maybe you can help me. 
obviously it's Timmy again. Before I go into everything, I hope everyone had a nice Christmas. Mine was pretty lonely since Dad is gone. But during the holidays, I ran into an odd event. Since I have vacation from work, I spent a lot of time typing up transcripts. My fingers are all but falling off. I haven't really been doing them in any particular order, just as I grabbed them from the box. Well, the most recent one I grabbed was a little different than the rest. It had a case number on the tape, but no name. I was planning to type it up, but I needed a name to put to the other person in the interview. So I figured I could just call my dad's precinct and get the name. In case you were wondering, I was very wrong. So I'm going to first include the transcript of the tape, and then tell you what happened when I tried to get the name. Hopefully someone out there will help me. I'm going to call the other person Mr. Friendly, since I seem to remember that name from somewhere. As a reminder, my dad's name is Danny. Uh, a little bit about this tape. It clearly starts in the middle of a conversation. To be honest, a lot of these tapes seem to start or end at odd times, but this one's the clearest. I wish it were that easy. It can be, if you agree to it. I'm not in the mood to play games. You know why I'm here. And you know why I'm here. You're here because you killed three men. Do you agree? I don't agree to anything. Okay, okay. No agree. But can you just tell me, what did you have against those men? They were smug. They thought they were better than me. I don't like that. But you've been through this before, and you've never killed until now. What was different? Friend, you're too smart to do what you do. You could join us. I would be gentle. I know better than to say yes to you. Oh, friend. You might not be one of us, but you do know our ways so well. I've been doing this a long time. Too long. Maybe. Tell you what, if you ask the right questions, I'll answer them, agreed? I don't agree to anything. <laughs> Good friend. Smart friend. The first man, Henry. He was a banker. His money tasted delicious. You mean his hands? You ate them. The hands say a lot about a person. Some people have hands that taste like earth. Others have hands that taste like water. The banker tasted like money. So greedy, friend. What about the next one? I left his hands and ate his eyes. He was a photographer. I thought his eyes would taste of far away places, but they were plastic. <laughs> I spit them out. We couldn't find them at the scene. We don't leave traces. And the third? We couldn't find anything missing from him. It didn't look deep enough. But there were no marks on the body. We don't leave marks. Do you like my new voice? The vocal cords were so thick. I chewed on them for hours. They tasted like smoke. You couldn't have chewed them for hours. We were there within minutes. Your time does not affect me. We'll need to get used to it. We have you now. We're not letting you go. Stupid friend. We have more of you. We have your victims too. The ones you let live. We don't let anyone live. They might be breathing, but they might as well be dead. We have very different definitions of dead. That's because I cause it and you don't. But that 
will change. How will it change? Silly friend, I like you. Why? Because you're not afraid of me. I deal with people like you every day. You don't scare me. I scare your son though, friend. I don't have a son. You will. He's listening. Right now. He misses you, friend. I told you I'm not playing games. He does. He doesn't know our rules, <laughs> you. I will never say yes. I'm done with this. You can't be. Not as long as I stay in this body. Right, friend? I won't say yes. But you feel it. You think it. Your humanity betrays you. <laughs> Stupid friend. Fearful friend. So there's the tape. You can probably see why I wanted to know the name of the other person speaking. Usually after I type up a case, I can do research on it. But I couldn't find anything about someone who killed three men and ate some of their body parts. Particularly the hands, eyes, and vocal cords. After not finding anything, I called my dad's old precinct. I asked them about the case number listed on the tape. The officer who answered the phone said they didn't have a case with that number, and even if they did, they couldn't tell civilians details of cases. I told him not to worry because I was Danny's kid and I was just continuing his work. I obviously gave my dad's last name too. The officer said he had never heard of my dad. I asked to speak to the sergeant because clearly the officer didn't know what he was talking about. The sergeant told me three things, all of which were incredibly disturbing. The first, he confirmed that the case number I had could not be correct because criminal case numbers are not written in Latin. Two, he said that these tapes could not be police interrogations because all interrogations are video recorded. There was no way that they could only be an audio recording of a police interview. And three, he claimed that a man by my father's name has never worked in his precinct, ever. Obviously, this is all disturbing news. Could it be true? Maybe I got the precinct wrong. Hmm. That was fun. I liked that one. I like that one. I like that weird. one because I think of Friendly as Joker. Yeah, <laughs> but like he was seeing the future. He oh saw yeah, he's gonna have a son. Oh yeah, I think it's more of a devil, Lucifer, demon kind yeah. of thing going on. Huh? The Latin. <laughs> I draw a line at the fucking Latin, <laughs> which yeah. is a good line from uh, Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. Um, Latin's yeah. always a sign of, of, of Latin bad and, things. Latin and tape incantations, that's evil dead. Yeah. And I don't know, I, I get a I get a glimpse of Seven. The movie, uh, the, yeah. da, uh, the, What's uh, in the, box? the Fincher Seven. What's in the box? I feel like Friendly was my way of doing a, uh, you know, hmm. there was something very devilish, very Just trying to, like, Lucifer pull out the, the worst him. in people? Yeah, there was something very Feet on inhuman yeah. about the way he said things. I think we should continue, because yeah, I like this. I think it's fitting that we eat some chocolate. This next one, this is Dad's Tape 6, called Chocolate Milk. The milk! The milk! The <laughs> <laughs> throwback. <clears throat> I don't know what to say anymore. I debated never writing again. So... I guess I'll just answer some of your questions. No, I am not crazy. I'm incredibly offended that people think I am. Just because some weird stuff is happening doesn't mean I'm sane. I don't know why you guys think that having a bunch of nicknames is weird. Doesn't everyone? My dad gave me like 10 different names to go by. I guess in my last post I used Timmy instead of Sam. That doesn't mean I think I'm different or 
have different personalities. I just go by a lot of names. My dad always said that if you go by a lot of names, you get to decide who you are that day. And then for my dad, well, I don't have any answers for that. He died in an explosion. The local grocery store had a fuse loose or something and it created a giant fireball that took out the whole store and the parking lot next to it. 53 people had died and almost 100 were injured. My dad was right in the middle of the bang. There was nothing left of him by the time they cleared the area. It's a painful thing to bring up, but everyone seems to be speculating. There was a mass funeral for everyone who died in the explosion. The mayor was there, a lot of people were crying. There was nothing of my dad to bury, so I just got him a headstone. It was one of the worst days of my life. Actually, that day is pretty comparable to when I found out my dad was not a cop. I've called every precinct in LA. No one knows him or has any record of him. I have to accept that my dad, one of only two people in the world that I love, lied to me. But why? He clearly interacted with criminals. The tapes prove that. My current theory is that he was part of some group like the FBI. I don't know. I'm totally clueless. But I did transcribe another tape. For some reason, I feel like if I listen to the tapes, if I write them all down, maybe I'll be able to understand what's going on. Uh, this particular tape is disturbing, obviously, but I can't get any information about my dad from it. Maybe one of you can find something. I probably don't need to remind you, but my dad's name was Danny. I think, hell, maybe he lied to me about that too. <clears throat> How many kids were in your class? Hi, I'm Daisy! Pitch! <laughs> Pitch. Pitch and long! <laughs> Danky Kang. Danky Kang! Oh, Sanic. Sanic. <laughs> Each year it varied, but this past year I had 30. It was one of my larger classes. And you taught first grade? No. Kindergarten. It's the best age, if you ask me. Why? They're still small enough to marvel at the world, but they don't have the language to describe it. Plus, learning new things comes so easily to them at that age, they're little sponges. Was there anything different about this past year's class? Not at first. It was pretty evenly split between boys and girls. There were a few troublemakers, but nothing I couldn't handle. I found two of the boys practicing kissing each other in the coat closet. It was innocent. I didn't tell their parents or anything. Kids that age experiment with everything. But there was one special child, wasn't there? No. Daisy, I'm here to help. I believe you. I barely believe me. It's got like a... Professor X, Charles Xavier vibe. Daisy. What's going on? Daisy, I'm here to help you. <laughs> I know. I can see it in your face. I'm only 29. I had my whole life ahead of me. I really do love children. I have my whole life. I, I never had any brothers or sisters, so I think I always longed for that kind of connection. That's what brought me to teaching. I, I love shaping the minds of young ones and... The way they look at you, like you're the only one in the world. Kids know how to love unconditionally. Did you know how to love Daisy? Yes. I loved every single child who I had in my classroom. Except? Except... Derek. Tell me about Derek. He was a normal kid for the most of the semester. He was a little smaller than the other children but no one ever teased him for it. He had brown hair, just a few freckles. He was the definition of average. The only thing that stuck out at the beginning 
was how he never acted out. When kids started kindergarten, the first few days and weeks are tough. For most of them, it's their first time being away from home, and even though we do half days most of the weeks, it still feels like a long time. So I would say every kid cries at least once or throws tantrum. It's normal. My first year teaching, I had a girl nearly bite my ear off. But Derek, he didn't cry at all. He didn't seem to mind when his dad dropped him off. He was smiley and excited, but did whatever I asked him to. When I told the class to stay quiet, he was quiet. When I had them do an activity, he followed the rules perfectly. Children don't know how to follow rules at first, because at home most families don't enforce a lot of boundaries. Part of my job is teaching the children how to raise their hands and ask to go to potty, but Derek seemed to know all of that already. I shrugged it off. I figured he just had stricter parents, plus I wasn't going to complain about a well-behaved kid. But then things started to change. The other kids had settled down, we were getting used to their routine, Derek started to do odd things. It started when he would draw on himself. This is pretty normal in general, but he was drawing specific pictures of stab wounds. He would draw a thick black line with blood pouring out of it. I asked him why he was drawing it, and he told me he didn't know. Then he started to draw on the other kids. It was almost always the same thick black lines and blood. Needless to say, the parents started calling me with concerns. I tried to schedule a meeting with Derek's parents, but they were never there to take my calls. Finally, I had to ban Derek from the markers. He... He didn't seem to care. He, he didn't put up a fight or cry. He just nodded and accepted it. And that's when things got more intense. He started jumping off the playground. A lot of kids do this, but Derek was intentionally trying to hurt himself. He would have scrapes all over his body. Eventually, we had to keep him inside during recess. But that didn't help. He started to jam things into his scrapes and cuts. It could be anything. Legos, construction paper, pipe cleaners. He just jammed it into his wounds and would keep pushing until he had injured himself even more. I told the principal and she tried to call his parents, but again, they never answered. Last week, we decided to call social services. It was beyond our control. But we didn't do it in time. It's okay. Keep going. It was during lunch. The kids... We're all in the cafeteria. Kindergarten eats early, so it was just me and my kids. I was grabbing something to eat. It's impossible for me to keep an eye on them the entire time. But Derek, he was standing on the table. I saw him and called to him to get down, and that's when he looked me in the eye. His gaze was... It wasn't a child who looked at me. It was sinister, and he was smiling. And in his hand was the straw from his chocolate milk box. It's very important that you tell me what happened. But he... Please, no names or titles. We're recording. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. He was still smiling at me when he raised his arm in the air and started stabbing the space in front of him with the milk straw, but there was nothing there but he kept stabbing 
I dropped what I was holding and rushed towards him, but I slipped. Oh god, I slipped on blood. I realized that the other kids, they were doing the same thing. They were stabbing, but not the air. They were stabbing each other with their plastic silverware. They were stabbing specific places, the eyes, the neck, and the chest. Those plastic knives are small, but the way they were strategically stabbing, it did a lot of damage. Blood was everywhere. I, I swear I tried to help. I screamed, but no one seemed to hear me. I tried to take away the children's weapons, but if I took away the knife, they would just start digging their fingers into the wounds. I couldn't control 30 kids at once, and then there was Derek, standing on the table, his arms moving back and forth as he was stabbing the air. Finally, I rushed at him, grabbing him down off the table, and we fell onto the floor with him on top of me. Did he hurt you? No. But his face changed from that smile to a slack frown. His eyes closed, his body was limp on me, and I realized that he was dead. I looked around the cafeteria, and they were all dead. Thirty kids dead, and I couldn't move. I couldn't. Why didn't anyone hear me scream? Where did the blood go? There was so much blood, but then it was gone. Thank you for telling me this. Please, tell them I didn't do it. I would never. How, how could the blood disappear? According to the internet, Daisy Alvarez poisoned her entire kindergarten class. She put it in their chocolate milk. The police found her with the bodies of the children heaped on her. She was crying and shaking. There was no reason for the crime and no sign she was emotionally unstable. There were 29 children dead, and there was also no one in her class named Derek. These cases, they're not normal crimes. I don't know what to make of it. My friend Bree says to leave it alone and stop investigating. I think she's afraid I'll come across something I don't want to know. But I need answers. She's being talked to by the devil. Yeah, there seems a lot of devilly influence here. But okay. how about the title of this next one? Come more. It's come more, and I think it's Latin. For I'm sure. We'll please f- come in me, daddy. I was gonna say come, come more, sir. Please, um, daddy. This is part seven. Come more. <coughs> Get lit. <laughs> Don't do drugs, kids. Do all the drugs. You Don't have. do drugs. I've spent the past twenty-four hours listening to as many tapes as possible without transcribing them. The transcription process is extremely slow, and I just wanted to try and gain as much information as possible. I've also read every single comment on every single tape I've posted. Even though a lot of you are still insisting I'm insane, the rest of you are really helping me piece together who my dad was and what he did. It's for you that I write these tapes. The rest of you can rot in hell. Anyway, I listened to over 30 tapes. I didn't sleep. Each tape is creepier than the next, all full of murders and psychos. But then I got this one tape, which I did transcribe, because it's not like the rest. It's just my dad, and he's talking directly into the mic, and he's talking to me. I don't know when he recorded this, but it's definitely my father's voice. The content is indescribable, so I'll just post it. There is one blip, I guess you'd call it, at the very end, but you'll know it once you hear it. Samson. If I'm alive, stop listening right now. I am not kidding. You should have not found this box or these tapes. They are not for you. Yet. However, 
If I'm dead or missing, you must listen to this tape incredibly carefully. I have chosen each word precisely. I know you well. I know that you'll be interested in these tapes and probably want to share them. You shared some of them already, haven't you? I know that you will have been confused about some of the things you heard in the tapes. That's because I've been lying to you. I'm not a cop. To be honest, cops are useless. They focus on petty individuals and completely ignore the big picture. I am part of that big picture. You are too, but that's for another time. Please believe me now. I didn't completely lie. I do catch bad guys. I do protect and serve, but not against human criminals. We call them friends. Some people call them demons, but that's not accurate. That's just the name religion has given them, and we don't want to associate with that church nonsense. Read this carefully. There is no God, no angels, no benevolent force in the sky who is protecting us. The only people protecting humanity are people like me. Friends are entities who take over the bodies of humans. It can be anyone. It is anyone. There are more of them than there are of us. They mimic us and can fool almost anyone. Do not confuse their mimicry for actual humanity. They are not human. Their sole purpose is to cause pain, fear, and death to our world. My job is to sift through their fallout. I interview the victims of their crimes, those still alive. I also interview the people they inhabit. They often use the bodies for a matter of months or years, and then move on once we catch them. And the people, they don't even realize they were possessed. They might have some memories, but they are contorted and false. Someone might go on a murdering rampage, but believe they were frolicking in a meadow. The friends, it's part of how they torture the bodies. They make the human host look insane, being called crazy. That can be a fate worse than death. I know you'll believe me because I know you've done your research. Also, you're my son. They know who you are and will be coming for you. You need to know some rules. First, don't agree with them. This means never saying yes to anything. Second, they love to talk about their crimes. If you need to take the heat off yourself, just ask them about their killings. Third, the friends are not alive and cannot be killed, but they can be contained. They have to be contained in a human body. It is a necessary sacrifice. Fourth, they get in through the tear ducts. Whatever you do, do not cry in front of them. Don't cry at all. You cannot trust anyone. This is why we call them friends, because we cannot forget they can infect anyone and use their bodies to do whatever they want. They might be inhabiting the person who is closest to you. They know we call them friends and seem rather fond of the word. Keep listening to the tapes. I hope you find this sooner rather than later. You have to show these tapes to as many people as possible. The more people who know about the friends, the more people can protect themselves. I can't save everyone, as hard as I try. I can't. But I hope I can save you. Suddenly another voice starts talking. It's a sing-song voice that variates between high and low. It interrupts my dad. It's speaking in a language I don't know, but I've tried to sound it out. Su setiam nuper vos salvifiare non potestus. My dad's voice comes back. Don't trust them. Don't listen to them. Listen to Bree. She can see them. You can trust her. I have to go. But I love you, Timmy. Can this be true? I texted Bree about it and she hasn't responded. For those of you that are curious, Bree is a family friend. She's been in my life since I was a kid. My dad and her were very close. 
She's my only friend now, well, since my dad died. I just heard someone knocking on my door. I called out to them asking what they wanted. They say they work with my dad. I don't know if I should open the door. They keep asking me to. They say it'll just take a few minutes if I agree to let them in. I think I'm going to get out the back door and get to a safe place. I need time to think, but I'm bringing my laptop and the tapes. I'll find more answers. I have to. Huh. I like that one because it's kind of like a R.I.P.D. in a little, yeah. a little sense, yeah, 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 which yeah. the comics are so much better than yeah. the movies. Yeet. So this is part eight, which is titled No Tape. No tape for you. No, 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 no. I feel no, no tapes. No, no tapes. <laughs> I feel no tapes. There will be no tape on this post. This is Bree. I have borrowed Johnny's laptop so I can write some things down. I also need him to read this, but I can't tell him in person just yet. I'll return his laptop tomorrow. He doesn't know I took it. He probably won't until he reads this. I'm sorry, Sammy. I just can't see you right now. There are a lot of pieces to this puzzle, and you are a big one. But I wanted to explain some things to you, the readers. You have lapped up his posts like an alcoholic. Some of you seem addicted to his suffering and the suffering of others in these tapes. I'm not saying this isn't normal, but it's important to understand this is about yourself. This obsession is dangerous. It makes you want to see a friend, maybe talk to one. Please, for the love of God, do not seek out the friends. Do not respond if they contact you. Do not agree to meet with them. Do not agree to anything. I know a lot of you are probably doubtful if any of this is true, but let me assure you, friends are real and are closer to you than you'd think. Because I know some of you won't believe me, I'm going to share my story. I also want to share it for you, Johnny, because you are like my own child. I've known you since you were just a little thing. I love you very much, so does your dad. But let me get back to my story. Like most people, I grew up completely oblivious. I lived in a rich suburb with big houses and lots of money. My parents were loving and dedicated. I grew up incredibly privileged and never even knew to feel lucky. Most people would kill for a life like mine. But all that changed on my 15th birthday. I don't know if there is some significance to the age 15 or if it was just a coincidence, but things were incredibly different. I had a big party planned. I invited five of my closest friends. They arrived, but all of them were different. It's hard to explain to people who don't see them, but I'll try. When a friend takes over a person, they look almost exactly the same. It is really impressive how adept they become at imitating our human qualities. They stuff themselves into the body and walk around as if wearing a human suit. But they have two flaws that they cannot change. The first which you heard about is they cannot eat. I discovered this when they tried to have me hospitalized, but I'm getting ahead of myself. The second flaw, the twitches. It's as if the body is animated crudely, and there are some small, almost invisible errors. The body's outline twitches. It's sort of like erratic breathing. That's the friend adjusting to the body. They twitch and flail, like wearing an itchy sweater. On my birthdays, all of my friends looked like this. At first, I didn't understand. I just knew something was wrong. I refused to interact with them and shut myself in my room until they left. My parents begged me to come out, but I wouldn't. My friends left, but I stayed in my room. My mother tried to talk with me through the door. My father said I was delusional. They threatened to call the police. I finally relented. They took me to a doctor who had the same twitchy outline. I wouldn't speak to her. She told me I was crazy. She said I had an eating disorder, which is completely false. 
I started to distrust everyone. I saw so many people with the twitchy outline, it was overwhelming. But what changed my life is when I saw my parents had changed too, I couldn't handle it. The two people closest to me, the people who were supposed to love and protect me. It was horrible. I didn't know they were called friends back then, so I called them copies. I didn't know why they were there or what they wanted, but I knew it wasn't good. I snuck out that night with just a backpack full of clothing and some food, and that's how I lived for a long time. I was a street person. They didn't start coming after me until about a year later. I think they knew I could see them, which obviously posed a huge threat to them. They needed me to either die or be occupied. I didn't know their rules back then. It was just luck that I never cried in front of them. It was my own damn stubbornness that saved me. Well, that and the switchblade I found in a dumpster. The first one to come after me was in the body of a young woman. She had been watching me for a few days, creeping closer and closer. Finally, she had me cornered in the middle of the night. Even though it was so many years ago, I remembered what she said. In an odd voice that alternated between high and low, she said, You've been a bad girl. She came at me with her hands. I think she was planning to strangle or suffocate me, but she didn't know I had a knife. I stabbed her in the neck as hard as I could. Her body sputtered and then fell limp. I watched the twitches end and a puff of yellow smoke disappear into the air. She was dead. I thought I was killing them, but I wasn't. They can't be killed. I was just killing the innocent people they inhabited. But what else could I have done? By the end, I had convinced myself that I was dead and that this was hell. I couldn't understand a world where I could kill people and people wanted to kill me. Johnny, your dad found me when I was 26. I was tired of running and hiding, but it was the only life I had. I think if he hadn't found me, the friends would have killed me. My fight was all but gone. But your dad saved me. He told me about the friends. He told me about my special gift, being able to see them. There are only 15 of us who can do it. He inducted me into the organization. I have a purpose now. Instead of killing people, I'm helping people survive. I know you've always just seen me as a family friend, but I've also been tasked to protect you. Do you remember that time when you were eight and that policeman said your dad had asked him to pick you up? Well, I showed up just in time to take you home and away from that man. And remember when you met that girl online and went to meet up with her, but you got stood up? That's because I took her down first. They were friends, Sam. They were out to get you. I don't know if this is making sense. I've never been good at writing. But please believe me, your dad is a good man. He may have lied to you, but it was for your own good. We knew that this might happen someday, but we didn't expect it so soon. I have to go. One of them is watching me. It's so weird when they're in children. It makes me doubt myself, but I know that the little girl is one of them. She isn't touching the bagel in front of her. I'll have to take care of her now. But I promise to return Samson's laptop tomorrow. I hope he reads this. I hope you all read this and understand that this is not just a story, it's a battle. And right now, we're losing. Is that, the, is that the chick from the other story? It is. Oh. 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 Oh, it's oh. like Terminator with demons. Oh.
it's like Jumanji. John Connor, come with me. Come with me now. My phone. Oh, it's like Jumanji. It's nothing like Jumanji. This like is Jumanji. part nine, Alexandria. We walking dead now, fam. Yeah, baby. I don't know what to believe, but I know that I am to blame. I think now that my dad is alive somewhere, I don't know if he is being controlled, but I don't think he's dead. I read Bree's post, I've read all your comments, and I just listened to the worst tape in the box. I feel numb. I never should have started this. It began as a way to reconnect with my dad and maybe share some of his work, but now it's threatening my life. I'm sorry. I, I, I played the tape and I... I heard it. play uh, Toto's Africa at like 11.57.23, the day of uh, the December Year's 31st, going into New Year's, going into New Year, yeah. you'll start that midnight with the waves down in Africa. That's, that's a beautiful way to bring in the New Year. Beautiful way to bring in the New Year. <laughs> there, was, uh, there was another one that was like, if you drink a bottle of vodka at that time, chances are you'll be vo- violently vomiting. <laughs> At midnight of New Year, that's and you start your New Year at the worst possible time. So like, there's nowhere to go but up. And that's how I'm gonna choose to live too. my New Year. And you know, you know what I up. like about these stories is that I eat so fucking much, so I know I'm not a fucking friendly. So that's why I was turning down your chocolate. But, but I ate it. You had some. Pushes it off. Oh shit! <laughs> I'm gonna have to kill you now. That's fine. I've been dead on the inside for quite some time. I'm writing this from a motel room. I've changed motels five times. I don't feel safe staying in one place. And then my laptop was gone and I panicked. I had no connection to the outside world. Obviously Brie returned it, but she still hasn't spoken to me in person. But I know why now. I'm not safe. Just just listen to this tape. Oh, hi, Danny. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Was it 14 or 15? This next voice is the same as Mr. Friendly's in the other tape. But I'm not going to say it's him for sure. It could be something else. Fifteen. Why did you leave this one alive? Silly friend, because I know how much this one means to you. But wouldn't it have been worse for me if you had- You have no idea how much worse for you it is going to get. Tell me then. In time, friend. Impatient, friend. We have many secrets, but we like telling you. You're a good listener. I've learned how to listen. Yes. We can teach you much more than that. If you agree to it. You know my answer. Then you are dead already. We can see you now, you know. We know what you look like. You can always see us. We just look like you. Human sacks, skin suits, messy friends. You know what I'm saying. We found the girl. The girl should not have survived. We have her, and you'll never get to her. She's safe. Safe? Stupid friend. No one is safe. Why? Tell me why. So impatient. Maybe I should bite this tongue out of this body to calm you down. Tell me what you did to the 14 other children. Tricky friend. 
I made them wait in line while I pried their fingernails off. Do you know the pain of having a nail ripped off your finger? The little ones were bleeding like goats. Then I painted their faces with their blood. I made stars and hearts. I painted their lips like clowns. Little sobbing clowns. What else? I know you did more. Of course! I cut them open from chin to belly button. The human body is so messy, it just pours out. So much goo. It was delicious. Why? Why did you do this? You know why. Is that what you did to Alexandria? You miss her. Answer me. Stupid friend. I do not take orders from you. Fine, then. A trade. A trade? I will agree if you answer me completely and honestly. There is a banging, as if someone is pounding on the door. I can sort of make out a feminine voice shouting, but her words aren't audible. Ignore her. I will agree if you give me this answer. Oh, yes. Yes, friend. We like this trade. We find this trade very good. What happened to Alexandria? The same thing that will happen to your son. There's a sound of a door slamming open and people rushing in. Then there's a smack, as if a body is hurled against a wall. Shouting is coming from everywhere. A woman says something like, Bring him back! Mr. Friendly is laughing, but the laughter is suddenly cut short. There is silence for a long time. Maybe four full minutes. Then, then I hear a boy's voice. Dad, where are we? We're heading home now, Sammy. My head hurts. <laughs> don't, don't worry. It'll be okay. Mac, stop the recording. It was me. The boy was me. I know my own voice. And I think... I think Mr. Friendly was talking through me. The friends spared my life so they could talk to my dad. So my dad would have to watch as those horrible things came out of my mouth. And Alexandria... That was my mother. I was told she died while giving childbirth to me. I was named after her. My real name is Alexander. Shit. Shit. I was I was thinking when he was saying like maybe I should bite the tongue out of this body, I was thinking he was Mr. Friendly. And like he was constantly battling like himself to gain control. So you saw that coming? I didn't see like that it was gonna be his son. Like, initially, I was like, oh, Mr. Friendly's in Danny. They're oh, you battling. thought it was in Danny? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, uh, not Sammy, Timmy. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I like that one. That one's good. That one gives more context to the, the family, I suppose. Hello, friends. It's Sam again. I'm sorry I've been away so long. As you can imagine, changing motels has been stressful. I have decided to stay in one place since I don't think anyone is after me anymore. I'm pretty safe. I have rented out a room in an old woman's house. She is kind. She could see the sadness inside me. I think that's why she lets me live with her. I've been feeling much better. No more fear anymore. Although typing has been a bit difficult for me, so I apologize for my writing. I'm sorry. For some reason, my fingers are twitching in such an unpleasant way. Maybe I'm coming down with something. I've read all of your comments. Some of you claim that my mother posted. But I can't find it. 
I've never used Reddit before, so I'm a bit confused. Can someone please send me the link? Did she say where she was located? I would like to find her. I can travel to her. I just want to be with her. I also miss my father. Some of you say he is alive, and I would like that very much. If he's reading this, he will know where to find me. I can wait a long time. Don't worry. I'm going to post a new tape today. It's my favorite. You're excited. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, I don't think we said it, but this is 10, the final part called Dad's Tapes, my favorite. My favorite. Testing, testing. It is 7 a.m. on January 5th, 1980. My name is Jackson Crawley. I am conducting this initial interview alone, although my assistant will help in management of the subject and note-taking. The subject will not tell me its name. The subject appears cooperative otherwise. It has stopped hurting itself and is now amenable to communication. I will attempt to converse. Ryan, can you undo the mask? There is the sound of a buckle unlocking and spit in someone's mouth. Now, unchain me. I do not take orders from you. Not yet, human. Not yet. Are you saying you are not human? Why won't you answer my questions? I do answer your questions, human. I always answer, but I do not agree to anything. Is that a rule? We have many rules. Ryan, can you make sure to make note? Yes, Ryan. Such a tasty boy. Just like your grandmother. How did it? Ryan, do not engage the subject. It doesn't matter. He will be ours so soon. Are you threatening us? Not us, human. Just him. The British one. He is just an assistant. Talk to me instead. Tell me more of your rules. I will tell you more if you agree to unchain me. Didn't you just say not to agree to anything? Clever, human. You are exactly as they said you'd be. Who? Who said? Are you saying there are more of you? You have friends? Friends. Yes. I have friends. You seem to like that word. It feels good in this mouth. Whose mouth are you in? A father. We like parents. We like making them kill their babies. Hmm, yes. The bubbles of their last breaths under the bathwater. You like killing? Oh, friend. Killing is what we do best. Then why use human bodies to do it? Why not just do it yourselves? Our forms are not of this world. We cannot touch you from the outside. We cannot touch you from the outside. Only the inside. If you are not of this world, what world are you from? The world of bone. You will visit their friend, but not now. You called me friend. What should I call you? You could call me friend as well. Okay, friend. How many of you are there? Enough. Do you wish us harm? We wish for nothing. How long have you been on Earth? Stupid friend. You ask the wrong questions. What should I ask? I will tell you. If you agree to my terms. What are your terms? I will answer any question you have if you just say yes. Just the word? Just the word. 
Yes! What the hell are you doing? I know you'll never do it, Malcolm. Don't say that name! Stupid friend. There's a sudden thud as if something heavy hits the ground. Jackson gasps. There's a high-pitched squealing and then silence. Ryan? No. Not Ryan anymore. Why? Not all friends are as clever as you. A chair topples over and Jackson yells for backup. Ryan begins screaming. Wait! You said you would answer my questions! Ask quickly now, friend. The body's losing blood. Why did you come here? Clever friend. Smart friend. Finally, you asked the right question. Tell me. You agreed. I did. I did. We came here for your daughter. And that's the end. There might be a companion series that I need to go get. Maybe. Maybe this wraps up somewhere else. Maybe. Still feel a little open-ended. Still feels very open-ended. That seems like a... um... So is Jackson Alexandria's father? Jackson is granddad. Maybe. So it's a family business? Maybe. Certainly some uh, some background. And this one begins with... um... Something going on to old Samson. Old, old Alexander. Old Timmy. Whatever the fuck you want to call him. There was also said that uh, some of you claim that my mother posted, so this guy probably has a companion series about, oh, Alex, about Alexandria. The, the mom. Yeah, maybe. Maybe we can tackle that next if I could find it. Yeah, if it but, even um, exists. If it even exists, that's true. You, you know, you can't really trust a friend. I, I, liked, I liked it very much. I, I'm glad that it kind of you know, went and spun into a single narrative. I, I was I was thinking that each of them would be just different and kind of mind hunter the entire time. But I, I kinda like that it has a supernatural twist. The only thing I didn't really like now looking at each story, both individually and as a whole, is the first one. It really didn't like tie into anything other than Sure. Like the name Mr. Friendly and kind of making us think that one of the, one of the, I forget what the girl's name was, one of the adults, one of the kids that grew up was like crazy and she was taken over or something that she killed her sister or whatever. Um, but it really didn't tie into the rest of the story. Like it never confirmed think, that the Mr. Friendly in that I think show or the episode. With, with parts one through three, the author wasn't quite sure which direction they wanted to go through. Okay. With the narrative. Yeah. I, I do agree. I was trying to, in my head, tell myself where it was going to go, because it really does come out of nowhere. It seemed like, at first, it was going to be like a Black Mirror type thing, where every episode is kind of different. Sure. There's like a loose, like, connecting theme. <laughs> but it's, like, I think you're right. I think as the, the stories went on, people clung to, like, a certain part of it, and they were like, oh, keep going with this, and he clung to that narrative. Yeah, the, like, identity disorder. Yeah, like, who's the dad? Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff going on, but, I, I mean, there was also, um, I don't know, just some, some shit that needs to be resolved. I don't feel, I don't feel any resolve. No. I, I, um, a lot of questions were answered. It's very clear that a friendly wrote the last post. Yeah, or is battling or with, Alexander, with Sam. Alexander slash Sam is, is going through something, or maybe he was a certain kind of friendly that was raised by humans or something. You know, there's there's a lot of weird stuff up for a debate about the specifics, but I'm sure listening to this, like, two more times on its way to getting published might clear yeah. some things up for me. Yeah. 
Um, overall, I really fucking liked it. I yeah. thought it was super cool. So that was that was Dad's tapes, which sounds kind of funny because um, <laughs> that Rocky Hockey slash Harold Heavy Hands episode with the uh, with the tape is very much about a child finding his father was a member of um of a gang that would rape and kill several people, and he like finds the tapes but forgets. To, like the story ends. With him saying, shit, I forgot to rewind the tapes. You know, he watches all of them. He hears his dad is coming home. So he puts the tapes back in the box, locks the door, and hides in his room. And then, like, the last sentence of the story is like, I forgot to rewind the tapes. Shit. Yeah, no, it's a good, it's a good twist out of nowhere. I forget who wrote that. I want to go with unsettling stories, but it might be um, something strange or, you know any of the other good readers, the good writers that we've we've picked up on these episodes. But that was pretty cool. Was there yeah, anything else you good. wanted to add? Uh, any questions? Any any comments? No, I mean, I have questions, but I, I think they'll get answered if, if we find, like, a companion series sure. or, um, you know, whatever. <laughs> I, I think the writing was good. No, I mean, all around, it was, it was good, and I enjoyed it. I like having fun reading the whole like play style like yeah. radio drama way yeah. that we that we did ever since your first episode with Booth World. I thought that was a very good way of um Why presenting every a character we get though is like a woman. There it's were a always, lot of women. Yeah. Women. You know, even for a little bit there, I was having flashbacks of uh, Uncle Jerry's, which is one of my favorite episodes, but that was with uh Django Phillips and I play um a couple that both recall the same exact situation but like because they're different people they're like lying about certain aspects and at the very end of the story there's this little like twist and you realize who was who was lying and what's been going on and really really great so if you haven't listened to episode 22 or episode i believe seven is your first you know there's there's more good stuff to be had because this is episode 72 (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yeah I think that's I think that's all I got is there anything you want to say before we close it out no I think that's it fantastic stay cool don't do school well that's why Wait, I that's asked backwards. if you want shit I asked if you wanted to say anything before I ended it and then you fuck it up I gotta be the last word <laughs> that's not word Part 11. The Violent Things We Are To the poor, hopeless readers of this account, it has come to this. You have followed this journey for so long, it has been months of confusion, doubt, and terror. There have been ups and downs, unanswered questions, fruitless leads. I'm sure there is a certain level of frustration in you. Since your humble author has been so unreliable, I forgive you for your cruel thoughts. Through the past few months, you have followed a convoluted story about a man who interviewed criminals. It started out as just strange curiosity. What terrible and disgusting narrative would be posted next? I'm guessing you started reading these tapes as just a passing interest. But soon it started to become something more. Am I right? Did you feel compelled to keep reading? Did it seem almost uncontrollable? In the last month, 
where there have been no text to consume, have you felt desperate? Have you checked and rechecked for an update? Have you tried to get a hold of someone to tell you the end of this twisted tale? Some people would call this a symptom of addiction. Like all addicts, you might reject the label at first. I understand and mean no offense, but that sense of urgency, it is real. And it is unshakable. Your only cure is another story, another piece of the puzzle. But truthfully, this is not a pretty picture for you to mash together. What you find at the end will not be beautiful. For that, I am not sorry. Because this is how it was planned. Do you think it was fate that so many flocked to these narratives? This was by design. This was already predicted long before you were born. I have typed out one last tape for you to consume. It is not from Father's Collection. This tape was recorded on February 15th, 2016. This may be the most important tape of all, and perhaps... To add to the significance, this particular tape was video recorded. Read it with an open mind. Swallow it dry. I hope we meet soon, dear reader, and we will. Because once you've lapped up this tape, you'll need another fix, and now I am the only one who can give it to you. The video opens in a cluster of leaves. It moves through tree branches. A quick motion downward shows that the camera is at least a few stories up. A woman is breathing shallowly, but she is not seen on screen. The camera approaches a window. It is dark and the reflection of the camera is seen in the glass. The woman holding the camera is average looking. She has brown hair tied up in a bun. She wears a large plaid shirt. She moves the camera under her arm and slowly opens the window. The camera is tossed to the floor, landing with a soft thump. Within moments, it is picked up and carried. A door is opened. The camera is placed on a high surface. It surveys the new room. There is a bed against the wall, with someone sleeping inside it. The woman who had held the camera walks into view, standing over the sleeping person. She stands there, slightly bent, looking down at the sleeper. She does not move for almost two hours. At one point, the sleeper stirs, moving groggily. He turns and sees the woman. With a start, he rolls off the other side of the bed. What the hell? The man is standing in just his boxers. He still clutches the blanket that had covered him. He looks at the woman like she is a ghost. Who the hell are you? You don't recognize me. No. He backs away from the bed. How the hell did you get in here? You don't lock your windows. You need to get out right now or I'll call the police. No, you won't. What's wrong with you? People don't just go breaking into houses. People do so much worse, Alexander. Do I know you? I hope so. I know you. Do you work with my dad? No. Sorry, I'm just so amazed that we're in the same room. I've always known that there was a piece of me missing, and now that you're here, I feel whole. I'm calling the police. He reaches toward the dresser, where a cell phone rests. Allegra flashes to his side, as if she flew through the air. She slaps his hand away so a hard, loud crack can be heard. I can't let you do that, Alexander. Holding his hand to his chest, how do you know my name? It took me many years to find it. It is really a beautiful name, don't you think? Alexander. Alexander. 
So much better than Sam. How did you... I'm Allegra. But I have a nickname, too. I have been called Delilah. Look, I don't have any money. I don't want money. You know that. Then what the hell do you want? I want to talk. Fine. Fine. We can talk. Whatever you want. Just don't hurt me. I don't want to hurt you. I really don't. They want me to, but I won't. I'm stronger than them. Them? Don't act like you don't know. I don't know anything. I'm sorry. You must be confused. Let's sit down and talk. Can I get dressed first? Oh, right. Fine. I'll wait for you in the kitchen. She goes to the camera and picks it up. There is a flash of Alexander's face before the image moves along a hall. Allegra puts the camera on a kitchen table, angling it so the screen captures her and an empty chair. No, not yet. I don't care what you think. Don't you think I know that? But I need him. With her? Yes, I figured. Get them both. Bring them to me when you're finished. She's just a shell. I don't... Alexander, are you ready? Alexander slowly enters the view, approaching her with caution. He is now fully clothed. Who are you talking to? Please sit down. You have a camera? Yes. So you're recording this? Yes. Why? You've listened to your father's tapes. You must know how important it is to document everything. Shit. This does have to do with my dad. I knew it. I can't escape those damn tapes. It's destiny, Alexander. He reluctantly sits. So what? Are you a friend? Or are you one of those psychos reading the posts online? Or that person pretending to be my mother? I'm none of those. Am I just supposed to trust you, even though you broke into my room? You're supposed to trust me because I'm here to help you. Help me with what? There's a loud crash off-screen. Allegra and Alexander both rush to their feet. Get away from her, Sammy! What are you doing here? Don't talk to her, Sam. Don't trust her. How did you get in here? You don't lock your windows. Yeah, I've been told. Now tell me what the hell's going on, Bree. Yes, Bree! Tell him what's going on. You need to come with me right now. You're not safe. And where will you take him? To the laboratory? To the asylum? Where you lock up innocent people? What is she talking about, Bree? We don't have time for... Tell him, Brianna. Tell him about all the people you murdered. Do you remember the four-year-old in the park? The one with the yellow balloon? You took her from your mother, didn't you? Shut up, friend. I'm not a friend and you know it. Can we just- It isn't safe. I am tired of you. Take her now. Bree screams off camera and Alexander runs to her. Allegra remains standing in frame. What did you do to her? Nothing. She'll be fine. She's unconscious. I'll remove it after we've finished talking. You have my word. And why should I trust you? Because I could have killed her and I didn't. There are a few seconds of silence. Alexander quietly walks back into view and sits. Allegra sits as well. They stare at each other. They look eerily similar. All right, so talk. Thank you, Alexander. You aren't used to being called that, are you? You're used to being called those stupid nicknames. Timmy, Jimmy, have you wondered why that is? After all this stuff with the friends, I just figured it was a way for my dad to protect me. Friends don't care about your name. So why? So father gave you those nicknames so I wouldn't find you. 
And who are you? Your sister. This is ridiculous. You're saying- Yes. I'm saying that we share the same parents. So what? They had you before me and hid you away or something? Stupid, brother. I'm your twin. Haven't you felt it? That gnawing emptiness? I don't know what you're talking about. I'm talking about all those sleepless nights staring at the ceiling, wondering why I didn't feel whole. It's all because of her. Who? Our mother. I'm done with this. My mother died giving birth to me. Your father lied to you, foolish brother. He has done nothing but lie to you your entire life. He is worse than a murderer. He would eradicate us all if he could. Slow down. I'm trying to understand. Maybe. You can't understand. Maybe. I'm trying. I know Dad lied. I know he was involved in some sort of secret business with these friends. I think maybe one of them has even been inside of me. Silly, brother. Not one. Hundreds. What? You are a warrior. A cum warrior. <laughs> He's the cum warrior! She stands and slams her fist on the table. You have a gift that our father kept hidden from you. Just calm down. You could have been so much more if you had just been able to harness your powers. She leans in closer to him. There are a select few of us that can interact with the friends on the same level. That bitch on the ground, she can see them. She's a scout. Our mother, she could feel them. She was a witness. Was? And there are others, but the warrior and the commander are the most important. You said I am the warrior? I am the one that I'm Oh, yes. She sits. They come through you, but you are not just some ordinary vessel. Given time, you can control them, use their strength to your own will. You mean use a friend that's inside of me? Exactly. Your father used you so to speak to them. He wasted so much time trying to discover why they came here that he never asked what power they could bring. Alexander, you could build mountains with their strength. You could destroy cities. If you had been taught correctly, you could have been incredible. You're making it sound like friends are good. They kill people. People are byproducts. How can you say that? We're people. We're humans. We are much more than that. Oh, dear brother, you have been in this human body too long. What do you mean? Would you like me to show you? She stands up and grabs the camera. She swings it around so the picture is now of Bree lying motionlessly on the floor. Get up. Bree suddenly stands. She's smiling. Pull out her hair. Bree begins tearing at her scalp. She grabs fistfuls of hair and yanks them free. Stop! Stop it! Alright, stop. Bree stands motionless. You see, silly brother? You can control people? Not people. Friends. Are you saying... Yes. Motions towards Bree. She is inhabited. Tell her to let her go. No, not yet. Not yet. What do you want from me? Do you want to control me like you control her? No, I don't want that. But if I have to, I will. But you said I can control them too. Yes. But only when they're in your body. And you can force them to leave as well. That's why you have control now. And you? Have they ever- I have never had the pleasure. My role is different than yours. You said you were the master? The commander. What does that mean? I want to tell you, but I need you to promise me something. What? I need you to agree to listen to everything I say and keep an open mind, a very open mind. I need you to truly hear me. 
I know you'll have your prejudices. It's understandable, considering you were raised by your father. But in order to move forward, I need you to know that Alexander are hearing the words I'm saying. Do you agree? My dad said not to agree to anything. And yet, in his own tapes, he agrees. Do you remember? Fine. I agree. The video twitches, almost like a glitch, but quicker. Thank you, dear brother. Now you'll tell me? Yes, I'll tell you everything. She leans back in her chair. We're twins, but we grew up very differently. You were raised by your father. You know him much better than I do. All I've heard is from our mother, and no, she did not die. She is alive as of now. Could I meet her? Not yet, silly brother. Now keep listening. Father raised you like a normal human. He pretended to have a normal job. You thought you were average. He kept your true identity from you. My childhood was not like that at all. Our mother? Well, she wasn't the one who raised me. She was there, witnessing. But I was raised by one of them. What are you saying? Mama isn't here anymore. You're insane. I'm the sanest person on this planet. I'm the only one who knows what they can do. I am the only one who really matters. Except... You. I don't think I want to hear anymore. It doesn't matter what you want, stupid brother. The events are already in place. Our mother was nothing more than a vessel for us to pass through. Of course, they would use her body to help shape me into what I am. She's our mother! She's a fucking uterus. That's all she was. You want the real truth, brother? She tried to drown us in the hospital bathroom. She didn't want us. Why would she do that? Because she knew where we came from. I don't understand. She didn't love your father. She married him because she was a scared little cunt. My father? How the hell do you know this? Friends can access the memories of the people they inhabit. I know all about our mother's cowardice. Why did you say, my father? You said we were twins. We are. We are. But think about it, Alexander. Our mother did not love your father, and if you can't stand your husband, you don't typically want to sleep with him, do you? She did everything she could to avoid sharing his bed, and yet she became pregnant. How do you think that happened? You weren't actually saying... We are meant for greatness, brother. We were born for it. I am nothing like those violent things. We are those violent things. You still haven't told me what you want from me. Isn't it obvious? I want you to join me. She reaches out and grabs his hand. We can be the most powerful beings on the earth. Soon every human will be occupied and we will control them. This is what we were born to do. You're fucking crazy. He rips his hand away. Don't do this, brother. I'm not your brother. Do not say something you cannot unsay. My dad was a good man. He tried to save people. You view people as just obstacles in your way. You were just some psycho who... He abruptly stops talking, but his mouth is still suspended open as if he is going to speak. His arms hang limply at his sides. Allegra stands. You are a disappointment, stupid brother. Alexander stands and closes his mouth. You should have expected as much. His voice is no longer the voice of a man. It is a terrifying combination of highs and lows. Alexander cocks his head to the side and smiles. He was weak, just like his mother. Has the human known as Danny been killed? Yes, it was quite easy. Did she kill herself as well? Slit her throat with the same knife I made Danny kill her with. The minute I left her body, she lunged for it. And you? 
Do you want this body now? Like the others, it is too tight. But it will do. I can feel him fighting me. That may never go away. She reaches out and touches his forehead. His entire body begins to shake. But it won't matter. He's stuck with you. Not even my brother can kick you out now that I've locked you in there. Smart daughter. Good daughter. Allegra reaches for the camera and shuts it off. Oh, dear readers, I know how upsetting this must be. And I didn't mean to trick you in my introduction, but I knew you would have ill feelings about me writing this to you. Allegra has helped me type this so you would not realize it was me. Your sweet narrator is no longer with you. He is here, inside me, right now. I can feel him crying. His sobs echo in my eardrums. Pathetic son. Weak son. So unlike his sister. I must leave you now, but I realize that I have left something out. I have told you so many truths, but also one rather large lie. If I could feel remorse, perhaps I would. The truth is, we don't enter humans through their tears. It was foolish of you to believe that, stupid humans. We enter you through words. Thank you for listening to so many words. Throughout these months, our numbers have swelled. Even now, as you're debating whether to keep listening, we're taking more and more of you. Perhaps it will be you, stupid listener, who will be next. For like I said, this was our plan all along. Mr. Friendly.